All right, folks. Duke Machado, RNHA News Podcast. We're broadcasting tonight. It's September 11th. National tragedy happened on this day 18 years ago when two planes flew into the World Trade Center. Another one flew into the Pentagon and another one was downed in Pennsylvania. It's a day that will live in infamy, that's for sure. And people compare that day to Pearl Harbor. But I don't know what it was like then. All I know is what it's like now and how it feels to me and how it feels to my fellow Americans who witnessed that. But some people were there on the ground. Some people were there when it happened. And we have our special guest tonight, Miguel Flores, who was there. Miguel, welcome to the show. Hey, man. How you doing, Duke? It is a distinct honor and pleasure to be here with you, brother. Well, yeah, it, uh, that day definitely was one that was etched in uh, many New Yorkers' lives and many first responders, that of uh, New York City Fire Department, firefighters, New York City Fire Department, EMS, first responders, NYPD, Port Authority PD, and uh, many of those that uh, did respond on that uh, tragic day. So what what were you doing? What was your job? Why were you there? At that time, um, I was currently employed with the firemen, uh, Fire Department of New York. I am still employed with the Fire Department of New York. Uh, I was an EMT back then, and I was actually still in medic school. Uh, I was mm. attending medic school at LaGuardia Community College. Uh, and uh, paramedic school is not easy uh so the way that i was working it it was that i would normally work the overnights and from working the overnights i would come home in the morning sleep for five to six hours then go straight to the library from the library go straight to uh paramedic school Mm. and uh that was my routine for like about uh a year Mm -hmm. on that day uh during 9-11 i Normally, I I would wake up listening to Christian music, and sometimes I would alternate and listen to, uh, you know, laughter radio. At that time, I was listening to, uh, my alarm was set to a Spanish radio station that did do, you know, jokes and pranks on people. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, 97.9 La Mega. And, uh... That day, I was actually off, but that night, uh, I was in school, and uh, we got together with some friends and afterwards, and we were just, like, uh, working with each other, having a study session. So, coming home, I think I was coming home, like, about maybe 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. I was already tired, and uh, I went to bed. Next thing you know, uh, I forgot to turn off my alarm and uh my alarm went off and uh i will never ever ever forget and you know it's funny because i i got to speak with luis jimenez from the show um years later after the fact and uh i was able to remind him about that 9-11 and the sound that was coming out of his voice I mean, these guys were masters at their craft and performing gags, but something was different that day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, upon the first plane hitting, uh, if uh, that was like about, I would say, 8.45 or 8.46, um, my alarm was already going off by 8.30. And I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot to turn off my alarm. And um, I'm listening to them, and all of a sudden, I start hearing the commotion. And I'm like, these guys kind of, they they overdo it sometimes, joking around. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. They shouldn't be playing like that, because, you know, they've gotten to several extremes. And the sound of, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is freaking crazy. And I'm like listening to him. I'm like, wait a minute. This 
there was that sense of realism, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, what's going on? Because a plane just freaking crashed. A plane just crashed. And I'm like, okay, now uh, this sounds a bit real. So um, lo and behold, I turn on the TV. And uh, those were the first uh, images that they started showing mm-hmm. uh, on social media and um, uh, all over the computer. Uh, you know, it was being played back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I would say like about 8.55, my phone is ringing in my house. And uh, I currently work in the Bronx. I've always been a Bronx boy mm-hmm. as far as working the EMS system. And uh, I remember that my lieutenant called me and he's like, Miguel, you need to come in immediately. And I'm like, uh, okay, what's up? He was like, did you turn on your TV? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, so this is an emergency. We're in a state of emergency. You're mandated. You have to come in. And uh, it just so happened that I lived within 10 minutes away from the station, the EMS station, which uh, was close by, and that was uh, EMS station 20 in the Bronx. And um, I quickly put on my uniform, grabbed my gear, and uh, I drove into work. It was rather eerie, and the reason why I say it was rather eerie, it was there was a sense of silence and no traffic, which I found very, very, very odd, especially that of New York. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, going to the Bronx and, you know, the Bruckner Expressway in the Bronx, it's always busy. And, uh, you know, going into the backsides, you would expect traffic with people going to school and work. And it was like all the roads were wide open. So it was it was an eerie feeling. So, you know, upon getting into work, um, all of a sudden, you know, I was like maybe six or seven minutes away from the station. And upon getting there, everybody starts, you know, kind of freaking out and they're freaking out there was like another plane just hit another plane just hit another plane just hit and that was like i would say like about maybe 905 um and it was pretty wild it was really wild as we were all gathered in the office and you know um it's a a, a numbing feeling because can we believe that, yes, there was an accident? Yes, something like this can happen. Uh, but then finding out that another plane hit shortly thereafter, then this was something more like, wait, this was no accident. This looks like it was intentional. So, you know, the fire department, it, we're, we're taught, we're trained to deal with mass casualty incident, but nothing to this magnitude, nothing to this magnitude. Um, next thing you know, everybody starts not only grabbing their gear, um, they're loading up people in the ambulances uh, to go over to that of ground zero. Mm-hmm. Normally on an ambulance itself, it's uh, two people on the ambulance. Uh, we were getting shipped out four to five people in the ambulance. Uh, to head over to that of World Trade Center. Um, and uh, let me tell you, as a God-fearing Christian, your mind starts to go places, you know. I, I just started to meditate on God, you know. Um, and I'm like, Lord, just just guide me. Uh, keep me safe, because I don't know what I'm about to be dealing with. Mm. Um, upon us grabbing our gear we were sent over to that of going over to ground zero. Uh, And uh, that was definitely a sight in itself um, upon us getting there. uh, Remember, as I said earlier, getting over to work, there was a surreal feeling of just the roads being empty. 
We made it from the North Bronx over to the World Trade Center in less than 20 minutes. The roads were completely cleared, completely cleared. And uh, as we started getting over into the FDR, um, the slight traffic that was uh, that we bumped into was that of NYPD moving all the vehicles over to the side and just letting all the ambulances and fire engines uh, through. Mm-hmm. And uh, upon getting there, then it was, okay, what do we do now? Triage was that of it being set up. And um, there was confusion. There was confusion because people were setting up that literally in the front of the World Trade Center itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, no one was expecting the towers to come down. Um, So, you know, for me, I I would say my time frame upon getting that to the World Trade Center was that uh, probably like by 9.40. At that time, listening to the news, we started to hear that the Pentagon was attacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'm like, this is something that has been thought out. It was a thought process behind it. So I'm like, this is something that has been thought out, and uh, we are literally under attack. We are under attack. And, you know, uh, during that time, you know, I just pretty much started to meditate on the Lord. And I was like, Lord, um, if I do go, please let it be quick. Uh, I don't want to suffer. Uh because here I am, I don't know what to expect. Uh, and um, while we were there, then, you know, I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. And, I, and, and you know, people can, I don't want to get off the subject on, on, on the matter itself, but um, we, were hearing exp- we were hearing explosions going off uh, left and right. And... Um, then came the the dreaded uh, collapse, and um, and that's where uh, you know many of us ran for our lives. You know, I know I for a fact um, I was being advised to grab my gear and go into the building itself, and um, I was not going in. You know, I'm like things just don't make sense. There was triage that was being set up in the front uh, of one World Trade Center. And uh, we also had triage set up by the Staten Island Ferry. Mm -hmm. And that's where um, a bulk of a lot of vehicles started to set up and park. And uh, pretty much what everybody started to do, we started walk, walking over, over to Ground Zero itself. Um, I myself, you know, dealt with the collapse. And um, I wasn't in the building when the collapse happened. I was in the vicinity itself. And um, let me tell you, brother, the most... Uh, the, you talk about your life flashing in front of you. Um, there was nothing to prepare you for that massive plume of smoke coming at you. Mm-hmm. No matter where you hid, in, uh, no matter where you went, that plume of smoke was coming at you. I mean, I ducked for cover. I went under a vehicle, you know, and I said this before. And, um, you know, I still get goosebumps. I still get the palpitations upon thinking about it itself. 
uh, as far as hiding. Mm. And I'm saying, Lord Jesus, if you're going to take me, uh, I was talking to a friend of ours, Ray, today, mm -hmm. and I was explaining to Ray that during that moment in time, I just started to meditate and started to pray and just started to praise God. I'm like, Lord, you know what? If you're going to take me, do it while I'm praising you. Uh, mm -hmm. If it's going to be quick, do it while I'm praising you. You know, and I pretty much started to uh, confess. You know, I'm like, Lord, help me. You know, I was confessing to myself and, and, and calling out unto God because the vibration and the noise and um, having everything go black around you. Um, yeah, that had to be wild. That had to be. It, <laughs> <clears throat> I tell you, man, it, it, it's like, okay, what happened? You know, it's one of those. You take a deep breath, and you're like, you're, it's like you're, you're expecting to get hit when you were little, like when your parents would punish you, you know, uh, you're going to get a cocotazo, you like kind of bear, and you know, like, okay, I'm going to take it, and you like hold your breath, and I'm like, okay, here it comes, and, uh, you know, shortly thereafter, all you hear is quiet, all you heard was just silence, silence. Silence for like about, I would say like about a minute or two, and um, and I'm like, I open my eyes, I got my face covered, you know, I got my face, you know, uh, on the floor, and I'm like, uh, okay, what happened? What happened? And uh, upon getting up from the floor, I was hiding between cars, uh, then it was just light gray smoke. And it was just like quiet. It was extremely, extremely quiet. And it's just like, okay, what just happened? You know, and I was actually, uh, this collapse actually was the collapse of World Trade Center number two, and um, I, I was just like, you know, we got there, we heard about the collapse uh, on on number one. I forgot to mention that, you know, and here I am reliving what other folks felt during World Trade Center one when World Trade Center two is uh coming down and i'm like wow you know it's one of those okay well what do i do now mm. what happened and, yeah you're uh, asking yourself what happened you know what happened you know what happened but it just your mind probably couldn't even wrap around it you know that's exactly right miguel we're gonna that take a quick exactly. break we gotta take a quick break don't go anywhere folks you're listening to our good friend miguel flores who was there uh, ground Zero on September 11th, and he's telling his story. We're going to take a quick break. RNHA News Podcast. We'll be right back. All right, folks, Duke Machado, RNHA News Podcast, and we're back. We're visiting with Miguel Flores who is a first responder. He was working uh, EMS duties that day, September 11th, and um, he was on the ground at Ground Zero there when the World Trade Center Building Number 2 collapsed. And we just heard that story. Now, I remember seeing, I was talking to my wife about this. She, she brought it up. She says, you remember seeing those initial totals? I think they were estimating 60,000 people potentially could have perished. And it kept working down and kept working down. And finally, finally it ended like at 3,000. And uh, which compared to 60,000 is, is <laughs> I don't know how you could say it's better, but it, it's not the, the, the potential that it had for, for catastrophe there. 
uh, could have been much worse, apparently, but um, it, it was still a horrible tragedy. So, yes. so from there, we see all the action, and we—I remember seeing, probably even might have seen you if you were lining up in the triage areas, and I remember the ambulances kind of there, and everyone's got their. Um, they're ready. They're ready, but no one, no one came. There wasn't a need, like they thought, because there that, weren't. That is correct. Yeah. That is a that is a that is a precise observation, um, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And the reason why I say I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that after I was able to gather my bearings, um, you know. We would hear the Scott Packs, the Scott Packs, uh, the self-contained breathing apparatuses that the firemen wear. Um, the alarms started to go off, and the alarms begin to go off when there is no movement on the Scott Packs. So now, when you start to hear that, you begin to assume that a a fireman is down. So now these sounds became distant. So now we're dealing with firefighters who are trapped in the debris. Mm. Um, and these sounds were getting much more distant. And uh, the batteries were beginning to die on them. And, it, and uh, you know, your mind starts to think, okay, wow, we have... Uh, a firefighter down, you know, you, you hear maydays going over the radio uh, that firemen are down, we, that there's collapse, and we have MOS members, you know, um, MOS stands for Member of Services who are missing, uh, that they're trapped. Uh, we hear all this radio commotion going on. We hear chiefs starting to tell people just to uh, get quiet on the air. We need quiet on the air. So, like that there can be clear, precise communication. Um, I just so happen, uh, as well as other EMS commanding officers, we actually started setting up a quick mobile triage that actually ended up being a morgue setup, and that was right there at the foot of World Trade Center, too, and that was at, inside Brooks Brothers. Uh, it's that gentleman's store. Mm -hmm. That's right there. Um, and, you know, uh, the windows were broken due to the rubble and, you know, and the collapse. And pretty much what we started to do um, in the process where people started digging, um, here is where if you have a faint of heart, whoever is listening, um, you might want to either lower your radio or shut your ears because what I'm about to start to say, it's a bit gory. Um, at that time, shortly thereafter, I would say within maybe 20, 25 minutes, um, we have people coming up to us, uh, bringing us body parts, bringing mm. us uh, cadavers. Um, you know, uh, you know, you talk about one of the most traumatizing looks is someone coming in with a bag, um, and they have two heads in there, you know, it's like, look, I found this mm. and we're like, uh, okay, uh, what do you want us to do? So like you said earlier, there was very little patience, um, because Mostly everybody passed away. Everybody died in the rubble. You know, um, what, you know, it was a recovery effort. You know, what became from rescue became into recovery. Um, and uh, here we are, you know, lining up bodies at the Brooks Brothers store. Mm -hmm. You know, we have torsos being given over to us. And uh, we, you know, it just... Every and any type of body part that you can think of was just just coming out, you know, and um, 
we advised the police officers, like, listen, we have bodies over here. Um, people are bringing up bodies, and, uh, you know, these bodies are here at the Brooks Brothers store. And that became a temporary, uh, a temporary morgue, so to say, you know. And uh, with that being there, the police, you know, started uh, to guard that area, and people just started bringing body parts there and whatever they can find. Um, and uh, like about a block away, we started setting up triage as well. And um, this is where, you know, whoever people thought uh, could have been saved, you know, they were being brought out with CPR in progress. We had doctors that were there that came through and pretty much, you know, they were pronouncing uh, patients left and right. They were like, nope, that person is not salvageable. Uh, there's nothing that can be done for that person. You know, I would say the blunt of the injury that occurred uh, to many of the first responders uh, were eye injuries, inhalation injuries. Um, a lot of us caught a lot of dust uh, in our eyes, a lot of, you know, uh, inhaling of this dust particles, um, which many of us are, to this day, we're suffering, mm-hmm. um, you know, because at first, you know, we were told, uh, well, the air quality, and this is hours after the fact, the air quality that has been measured, it's safe, and, um, you know, those of us who have dealt with trauma, those of us who have studied the science of structural collapses, studied the science of fire, um, for someone to say, yeah, the smoke that you're breathing is fine, we're looking at them like, you got to have like three heads, like, no, it's not. <laughs> Just don't lie to the public like that. Mm. The air quality is poor. Uh, many of us, I mean, um, if in one of my pictures you can actually see, you know, I have an N95 respirator on, um, on that I was actually, the picture that there is, is I'm holding it. I was not only having, I only did not only have that, but I also had uh, two do-rags. So two do-rags over my nose and my mouth uh, and the N95 respirator over. And with all that there, uh, Duke, with all that, you know, my lungs were affected. Mm. And I was only there that one day. Um, I have, you know, as far as the hours that I have calculated for that day, uh, it was 21 hours. I was there 21 hours, you know. Um, and then came another scary sight. The other scary sight um, was that of World Trade Center 7 coming down, uh, which caught everybody. We were already, already, all of us were on edge because of what happened. So now we have not only one World Trade Center that came down, we have two World Trade Center that came down. And here is where, you know, we were already on the pins and needles uh, sensation, we then started having the jet, uh, the fighter jets coming over. Mm-hmm. So everybody would stop, like, you know, at, I, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the first time a fighter jet came through, everybody stopped and everybody ran for cover. Mm. Because now we assumed, okay, now we're really going to get attacked. Because now we have fighter jets. What's going on? What's going on? You know, and uh, it was radioed in that... Um, this, you know, it was the military that they were doing fly, flybys and, you know, uh, checking up on everything. And we're like, you know, that was a sign of relief, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, here we are thinking we just got attacked by two planes, two massive planes that actually hit. And now we have fighter jets. Okay, so, you know, are we under siege or are we in war uh, what's going on? All these things start to run through your head, you know. Um, so that's what was going down. And then, uh, like about, if 
my memory serves me right, like about 5.15, 5.20, then uh, World Trade Center 7 came down. And, uh, you know, we're like, wait a minute. Oh, wait, 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 this didn't make any sense for us. You know, how was it that World Trade Center came down? You know, we were, once again, we started hearing what appeared to be calculated explosions. You know, um, now I, I, I'm going to say this for the record, um, and, and I just want to say this. My views and opinions do, does not reflect the views and opinions of that of the Fire Department of New York. Uh, so I want to make sure I get that out in the open. Right, you know, right. Um, you know, so I have to be right on this. You know, um, you know, we 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 started to hear calculated, exp- you know, uh, timed explosions. You know, and then World Trade Center Seven came down. You know, um, and it just didn't make sense. It just did not make sense. In regards to how is it that World Trade Center came down, um, and this was I was after the fact, you know. Um, I, I I would say this: the reason why there were not so many casualties, it was because of the time frame in which uh, when these planes attacked. If these planes would have attacked, I would say. Around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, yeah, the mass casualty count would have been on a whole nother spectrum. Would have been on a whole nother level. Um, You know, that we would have been talking about maybe literally over 10 to 15,000 people minimum that would have been, uh, that would have died during those attacks. Wow. Wow, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it, it was pretty wild that day pretty wild you know um many of us um i personally did not go back to ground zero Mm -hmm. um to 10 years after the event oh wow 10 years and that was because i was asked to represent uh the fire department of new york by getting interviewed uh by channel 41 channel 47 uh verizon news um and uh that's why I went. That was the first time that I went back. And um, upon getting there, I'll tell you this, uh, dear Duke, I had to, I had to pause for a moment. Mm. I had to pause for a moment because I felt I was having an anxiety attack, and because everything, literally everything, felt like it was yesterday. Yeah, you know, and that was ten years after the fact. That's amazing. It felt like, I, I, you know, I, it's um, I could like literally, I, I saw everything all over again. It was just like a movie that was re- being replayed. Mm. Um, and I'm like, okay, I remember setting up here. I remember being here. Uh, I can, I remember being at the Staten Island Ferry. Um, they came a point that um, they had it on file that. Uh, several supervisors thought that I died during the collapse. Oh, wow. You know, it was quite a few of us uh, because uh, we went MIA. We were there, um, but we didn't go to the Staten Island Ferry. We were originally upon setting triage, um, and nobody knew where everybody was at. There was no cell service. So, yeah, I know uh, there's a lot of uh, improvements that that came from that tragedy. A lot of new um, practices that uh, that developed for the emergency responders. And uh, I mean, who whoever expects anything, no one does. That's for sure. And and I want to say this. I know you've been you've been talking for quite some time and telling your story. And that's okay, brother. And I. Uh, I just want to say on on behalf of RNHA and and just all Americans that uh, I mean we salute you we 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 support you and and we pray for you and and all of all of 
all of those responders who were there who went in when everyone was running out, you know, who who faced this evil head on and you know you're you're special you're special and that you're true americans and and i i love i mean i love you guys i love you guys i know my family does and i know that uh, american patriotic people love what you guys do for us and i just want to uh, tell you thank you uh, on behalf of rnha for all that you've done I do want to bring something up, though, because we are about politics. And, um, you know, that was a terrorist attack. It wasn't It wasn't um, um, a chance accident. It was a, like you said, planned terrorist attack. And it wasn't a mystery who planned the attack and what their intentions were. I mean... We're talking about radical Islam, if you if you want to call it radical. You're a conservative, you're a Christian. Are we any safer? Do you feel like we're any safer now than we were 18 years ago? That's a very interesting question. Um, before, you know, the Bible says in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge I've always I always tell people that they need to do their due diligence and study and the reason why I say study is because the source of news that is generated nowadays is one-sided. And, um, I mean, I've always believed in what's called fake news. And I'm like, look, this is, you know, I, one of my biggest rude awakenings was that of uh, when I went to Lehman College. May he rest in peace. I had Professor James Duffy. The, uh, Professor Duffy uh his first day in class was like, okay, and this was during social studies. Uh, he asked, how many of you guys were Regents students? You know, I, I, for me, I, I was proud. I'm like, how many of you aced your Regents? I, I liked history. Um, I'm like, I did science Regents, and I liked social studies. Um, I'm like, yeah, me, me, you know, uh, it was quite a few of us. Um, who raised our hands and you ready for this? Mm -hmm. He tells us everything that you have been taught from elementary school to junior high school to high school. Are you ready? It's all been lies. <laughs> like what? You just messed me up with that. Just really messed me up with that. It was like, you know Nothing. I will never, ever forget those words. You know nothing. They have taught you what they want you to think. And that, that literally opened up my mind to look at things differently. Uh, and upon continuing my career with the fire department, which I so love, uh, I became part of an elite squad. Uh, I became a rescue medic with the fire department of New York, and I had also the distinct honor of studying uh, and being part of the urban search and rescue team, a New York City task force team, and the FEMA team. And we do extensive, extensive training. And uh, with what, how is it that these radical Islamic think we're taught on how how easy how and and when i mean uh uh duke when i mean how easy it is to make a bomb it really 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 scares you mm. you know and, and i i you know 
know, I go back and forth, you know, based on certain political forums, you know, how people get sidetracked and, uh, and they try to brainwash people in, in, in saying, oh, we need to ban all AR-15s. We need to ban semi-automatic weapons. We need to ban this. And I'm like, okay, um, apparently you haven't, you haven't gotten a grip on regards to what has occurred in history, okay, you ban all assault weapons. You want to ban all these weapons. Do you understand that upon doing so, they will now control you? And I'm like, people are so much fixated on these guns. I'm like, okay, if you were to take out the guns, understand that. What is it, and I tell people, what is it that Islamic terrorism or Islamic terrorists use they use all sorts of means to create terror so okay you're so fixated on banning ar-15s but an islamic terrorist or a homegrown terrorist knows how to go to home depot go to lowe's knows how to go to a hair salon product store Get everything that he or she needs and make a bomb and level a building. But we're so fixated on doing these guns. And I'm, I, I tell people, you, you guys really need to open up your eyes. You, you guys are getting sidetracked on this. you know. Um, and I also tell people the following. Ever stop to think? How many stores are being created with certain ideologies? You know, bioterrorism is one that people don't talk too much about. And, uh, you know, uh, people are going to be in for rude awakening where people are going to get caught off guard. You know, people need to know what is bioterrorism. You know, a nerve agent that can be used against us. But we're so busy on looking at one side, we're not, you know, I, you know, I would say we're, we're having tunnel vision on one thing, and we're, we're not looking outside the box. And in regards to these extremists, it's a culture that starts at an early age. This does not happen overnight. You got to understand this. Their children, these people who are extremists, they indoctrinate their children in this. They will teach their children that the Western culture is one that must be attacked. And you know what? All they need is that trigger word. All they need is that one command for them to carry out their attacks. And people forget that. People forget that. You know, and uh, we as conservatives, as Christians, you know, we need to pay attention to our surroundings. We need to be awake think outside the box and look at all these different angles uh, in regards to how is it that they're going to come at us, you know, and there's always been, uh, there's always been that side of history where it's been the Muslims against the Christians, the Christian against the Muslims, and so on and so forth, and it becomes a a re religious type of war, but people fail to do their studies, people fail to do their research, and people easily get blinded and get sidetracked, you know, and, and I always tell people, you know what, if your source of news is coming from that of Facebook or Wikipedia or that of what you're listening in regards to Fox News and CNN, you're just you're just as dumb as they come, <laughs> because you know what they you know this is it's a one-sided event, 
you know, it's one-sided. You have to be able to uh, look at what's going on. I'll tell you one thing, you know, come 9-11, you know, as per all my coworkers, you know, during that of 9-11, um, I'm sorry, but scientifically speaking, there's no logic in regards to that these planes came down due to that of, excuse me, the World Trade Center came down to, based on these planes. You know, uh, you know, you want to you want to go there. I believe it was in the 1920s, 30s, when there was a plane that crashed into the Empire State Building. How come the Empire State Building didn't come down? Well, I've, I mean, I've heard the conspiracy theories, and I, I've, when I was in the Air Force, my my shop chief, someone I highly respected, um, um, he is a nine uh, eleven truther, and he believes that it was all an inside job, that they were cruise missiles and not airplanes, and. Um, he points the videos and, you know, I, I do video editing and just as easy as it is to add, it's also e- even easier to subtract from footage. So it's hard for me to believe any video. I wish I could just look at original videos and, and, and see what was actually on them. That would help a lot. But from what I'm gathering from you um, is that, you really, to me, it's you don't really feel any safer. Eighteen years after that, um, me me personally, I think that we're or things are escalating. I think maybe there was a uh, the September eleventh was just one attack, but I I, I know they're not going to stop. I know they're not, and I know now they live here among us. They've been growing. Now they're in uh, in office. People who support the Muslim Brotherhood, who obviously, you know, um, uh, is not a, a good organization. It's an anti-American, hateful organization in, in my book. And um, and they were supporting congressional candidates and helping um, Muslim candidates get elected. They're, they're in our, our government. So that, that is that is correct. You know, you, you, you nailed it. Uh, um, you nailed it there, dude. Um, one thing, the in the art of war, you infiltrate the enemy. It's like the big old Trojan horse. Uh, you infiltrate the enemy. You catch them off guard. You know, um, let's mingle with them. Let's act like them. Let's associate. Let them get comfortable with us. Okay, so now we're here. Now we got them where we want them. And then lo and behold, once again, as I stated earlier, once they get that order, now everything changes. You see, there'll because be people. It never happened. And here they are in, in, you know, with us. And now they're turning against us. Um, and that's exactly what's going on in politics itself, you know. Um, and, and here, you know, now I don't want to get sidetracked, but let's think about what's going on now in regards to sanctuary cities. Mm, dangerous. Now, uh, we start, it's, it's a very dangerous thing. And, I, and I, I'll give you a personal experience, um, you know, uh, where I used to live at years ago. I was in a nice, predominantly good neighborhood, a decent neighborhood, and uh, lo and behold, my neighborhood started to change. I had, I started having people, uh, Middle Easterners, come in. I, and listen, I was raised to love everyone, give everybody respect. You know, um, I always look at it this way, and we all believe the same. No one is better than anybody, but. It came to the point that um, I had an imam who was offended that I had the American flag in front of my house. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, some of my friends were like, you are in mine. You know, no such thing. I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is the stuff that never makes the news. You know, this is the stuff that never makes the news. And uh, 
lo and behold, I'm like, well, if you don't like the fact that I have an American flag in the front of my house, then guess what? You can go back to where you came from. Who are you to tell me to take off my American flag because you are offended? And shortly thereafter, um, I would say like about a, a month or two later, uh, there was a raid in the Bronx in regards to uh, that of they believed that they had a sleeper cell um, in the Westchester Square vicinity of the Bronx. You know, mm. and I'm like, that that explains everything. And, you know, that explains everything. And some people thought, like, no such thing. I'm like, well, did you look at the news in regards to what happened in the at the Westchester Square vicinity? Um, yeah, there was, you know, they did a raid. They did a raid. You know, there was uh, some leaks that were coming in, and the leaks that were coming in, and they believed that there was a sleeper cell, a sleeper cell that was being formed. And you know what? There's quite a few sleeper cells. You know, I would say there's many sleeper cells throughout that of the United States. Well, I 100 percent agree with you there. Yeah. And, and people need to wake up. People really need to wake up. You know, um, and uh, uh, the church needs to wake up as well. You know, the church has been very, very, very quiet in many things. And, uh, you know, as I stated earlier, you know, in biblical terms, you know, we need to be ready. We need to be ready, you know, because once again, as you stated earlier in your podcast, they have already infiltrated our system. They know the in and out of our system. It's just a matter of time of when it's going to happen. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, I did say bioterrorism, didn't I? Yes. That should make people start to think. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, talking, I was talking to some uh, first responders here in Texas, and uh, they were at an event, a uh, training event, and it was also on bioterrorism. Right. There, there's a, oh my God, uh, what is the place? Um, we actually train out in Texas where we actually deal with live nerve agents. Mm. Uh, and it's out in, in, in Texas. Uh, I can't think of it right now. Um, you know, quite a few of my coworkers have been down there and they train with that of bio agent, you know, uh, terroristic agents. And, um, you know, I'll tell you one thing, bioterrorism is a lot much more worse than that of just having something with an explosion. Oh, absolutely. You can't contain it. Yep. yep. You know, <clears throat> you, you begin to get some sarin, some taboom, you know, or some rice. And um, if the person knows how to cook the material um, of the right way, you just need a pin drop of a specific nerve agent to level, to level a New York City block. Now, that's a New York City drop, and that's just a pin drop of a nerve agent. Imagine what if you took a, a one-liter bottle and you filled that one-liter bottle up with a nerve agent. Then just think about the magnitude of those that would be uh, – that would go down. Yeah. So, so right now, so right now, you're really freaking out the listeners. <laughs> well, you know what? And I'm glad I am. And yeah. I'm really, you know, and I'm glad that I am because you know what? People need to wake up. People need to wake up and stop being blinded. You know, uh, people just look at they, people just get tunnel vision. People just get tunnel vision, and and and, and um, like that of those people who are brainwashed to think that okay, Trump is a womanizer, Trump is this, Trump is that, Trump is this, Trump is a liar. But no one, no one talks about the good that he has done. No one talks about the good in regards to the economy that he, you know. And everybody will give you the opposite spiel. You know, they look at the wrong. Why are you judging him based on his past? 
Let's think about what he is currently doing right now. He's a businessman, and, we, and we've all said this before. You need a businessman to run the White House. He doesn't owe anybody any favors. And guess what? With that being the case, there are a lot of angry people. He runs the White House like a business, and and people don't don't look at it that way. And here we are. It's the and I say the brainwashing, and they just they they focus on his personal life, you know, and they don't want to stress all that has taken place at this time, you know. Oh, President Trump tweeted this. Well, actually, no, that was a fake tweet. He never did tweet that. But you have people going completely off. Oh, how dare him say this? And how dare him say that? I'm like, you do know that's a fake tweet. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're sharing this on social media, mm-hmm. and, that is a, and, and that is a fake tweet. You do know that. Well, no, that was him. I'm like, I think our conversation is over. That is a fake tweet. Yeah, I, I've said before that uh, to me, people don't even want to know the truth. They, they'd rather uh, repeat uh, a, a lie or just they would rather be ignorant than to know the truth. Even if the truth is easy to find out, they, they'd rather not know it because that means that they have to change their position. That means that right. they have to acknowledge certain things that maybe they don't want to acknowledge right now. But. But I, I tell you what, I know I know we're up late, and I know we're talking too long, so I'm not going to tie you up any longer. I will give you the last word, though, to the listeners. Um, as a God-fearing Christian man, I would like to tell the listeners to pray. Not only pray, pray for our leaders, our leaders that throughout the world. Take the time out to educate yourself. Don't pay attention to what is being portrayed 2407 on the news. If you have access to the media, look at what's going on around you. Look at your environment. Learn the rules. Learn the laws that have been set to that of the United States. Uh, People have a tendency to follow other people only to find out that 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 of who they follow is a blind individual and then they wonder why is it that they run into a wall when it comes to facing certain issues uh, based on a political ideology. Um, I myself being a survivor from 9-11, I myself being a first responder, um, I, deal in a, I deal with human tragedy every day. I am that person that at times am greeting a baby that has been born into this world at six o'clock in the morning. I am also that individual that at 7.30 in the morning, I am now pronouncing someone dead. The job of that of the first responder is not easy. Um, We see and we deal with a lot and that goes for everybody. You know, when I mean first responders, I'm talking about firemen, EMTs, paramedics, uh, police officers, all of us. Um, Keep us in your prayers uh, because the job in which we do is not an easy one. Mm. To that of all of those who are listening, once again, take the time out. Disconnect the social media. Love one another. You know, disconnect yourself from social media. Take time to read the Bible. Take time to pray. Uh, take that time with your family uh, and enjoy it because the time will come when things will be taken away from you and you're going to wish you had them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I always say this, knowledge is power. 
And when you become a very knowledgeable, powerful individual to the weak-minded, you become a threat. Uh, yeah. And uh, that, those are my words. Well, Miguel, I, I appreciate you more than you know. And a special thank you to Ray for connecting us for this podcast tonight. Um, yeah, words of wisdom in there. Your story is amazing. And we thank you for sharing that with us tonight. Um, you know, you're, you're welcome anytime to come back on the program and just give us some updates on New York. <laughs> uh, sure, it's man. also in, enlightening, uh, in many, many ways you were tonight. And I, I do appreciate that. Ray was right when he said that you'd be great to have on the program. And I, and I thank him. I thank you, sir. Much respect to you and your family. And, uh, man, we got a lot of love for you guys. Duke Machado, RNHA News Podcast. We're out of here.